Today's podcast is brought to you by Podcoin. Podcoin is a podcast playing app available on both iPhone and Android app stores. It's easy to use, and not only is it free, Podcoin actually pays you to listen to podcasts. When you listen, you earn coins, which can be traded in for gift cards to the likes of Amazon, Starbucks, or Target, or you can trade in your coins and give that money to charity. I use Podcoin to listen to all of my podcasts now. In fact, I just recently got a Starbucks gift card, and man, let me tell you, free coffee is always worth it. Now, you can get 300 bonus coins a quarter of the way to a Starbucks gift card by downloading Podcoin and using our promo code NEXTFLIX, N-X-T-F-L-I-X. Once again, that's Podcoin app on iPhone or Android devices, promo code NEXTFLIX, N-X-T-F-L-I-X. Thank you very much, and back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Netflix. With special guest star, Shauna Green. Say hi. Yeah! That's me! Hi, Shauna. I'm Shauna. We were So this has been a fun little weekend of trying to find a time to record. Shauna, Luke, and I. Yeah, it's been a trip. Uh, Luke cannot make it, so it's just Shauna and I. And we're actually, we're going to do a different episode. And now we're... Plot twist, I'm your new co-host. Luke is gone forever. Shauna has murdered Luke Luke. Flowers, taking his role. You can't prove anything. She's a new co-host, and she's also Elle's husband now. No. You're not a... I don't want to go to Tulsa. I was assuming Elle would move into Florida with you. I don't want to be a husband. Maybe Elle could be the husband. We'll have to talk offline about this. So... Shauna See and what I want to record an episode it. together since Luke couldn't make it uh, because Shauna totally ditched us on Friday. <laughs> well, first of oh, all, it was, was on, on Thursday. Thursday. And second of all, I had a great reason. I had a good reason to ditch you, and that was I was at a car dealership That's, buying a new car. That is pretty good. Uh, my car was kind of ran into the ground. It was a 2003 that I had been driving for over four years. So it was kind of on its last limb. And then Thursday was just kind of the breaking point for me. And I just hit a point where I was like, you know, there's no reason I need to be driving this car anymore. I have the ability to buy a new one. Why am I still driving this? Yeah, and you've so been I driving it hard. Car. I mean, you were putting, what, like 200 miles on a week? I I owned it for four years, and I put something like 80,000 miles on it. And I would do road trips, and I had to use it for work and, like, I literally went like all around the state of Indiana in my first year of owning the car. It was only at 70,000 miles. When I turned it in, it was at 179. That, yeah. So that's more than 80,000. Yeah, I put 100,000 miles on it. Um, I did the math, and yeah. if you had it for four years, that means you put on average like almost 500 miles a week on it. That's Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I went and I traded it in and I put uh, I traded it in and I got a Kia Soul, oh, which only had 40,000 miles on it. So I can drive that thing for yeah. like 10 years Man, now. Even when I was so. a professional driver, I didn't put 500 miles a, a week on my car. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of, you have to remember, I drove for my job for Grubhub and for my secondary job as the school yeah. ambassador. And even before that, my internship had me driving a lot, and I just liked road trips. I liked driving. I would go up to Indy and see our sister, which was 
you know, an hour and a half drive. I would do that at least once a month. Sometimes we'd go as far as Fort Wayne, which in Lafayette once is like a month. three hours. You'd go see Jenna like once a it, week sometimes. I, yeah. Like there was one year where I was never in Lafayette except for during the weekdays. So that car has gone all over the place. I, I just drove it down here to Florida, which is over a thousand miles. So. And now it is <laughs> at a chop shop, I'm sure. I'm sure the place that I traded it in for it has already melted auctioned it down. It off for it's parts. now a microwave. But Paulina and I had a good four years, and my new car's name is Gus Gus, and we will have a good four or eighteen years, or however long it takes for me to. Uh, speaking get of four of it years, also. it's been four plus one years since Captain America: The Winter Soldier came out, which is thank you. That's good the transition. film we're going to talk about good today, Shauna. Funny fact. Here's what would have been a better transition. My car is a 2014, and that's the year Captain America Winter Soldier came out. Oh, the new one. Okay. The new car yeah. is a Winter Soldier came out in 2014. That's the film Shauna wants to talk about. Why do you want to yeah. talk about it, Shauna? It's basically my favorite <laughs> film. I will change my mind often. Everything is my favorite in the moment that I'm watching it. Captain America Winter Soldier is the film that I could literally sit down and watch start to finish on a loop and still never Man, get that, tired of. That is a bold statement. Um, can I ask, it's your favorite overall. Is <laughs> it your favorite MCU film? Hmm. Up until this last year, I would have said yes. I think that this past year, Baller. one, we got Captain Marvel. We got... Infinity War and Endgame. And in the past year, I have I hated Age of Ultron when it came out. Right. I hated it when it first came out. In the past year, I rewatched it and I saw it with like some new eyes. And I was like, okay, I actually really do love this movie. So I don't know that I would say Captain America the Winter Soldier is my favorite movie. It has the most consistent cast. That is very fair. It might be the best cast in the whole MCU possible exception, the first Guardians Mm -hmm. film. Like Sam Wilson. Love him. Bucky Barnes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my little beating heart. Black Widow was my... I mean, you remember, Raiden, when the first Black Widow movie, Iron Man 2, came out? How, like, yeah. I could talk of nothing else. And how every MCU movie since then has been all remember, about the Black Widow. I remember Widow Dad renting me. Iron Man 2, like, and you made us watch that scene of her running down all the guards, like, four times in a row. Yes. And our scene where we see her, and she fights Happy in that little boxing bin, and he's like, oh, what, booty boot camp, Tybo, and she takes him down. Oh, my gosh. Since then, I've been in love. I don't care that she's fictional. I don't care that probably she's 20 years older than me. I don't care that she's a super secret assassin who has killed thousands of people. She is my homegirl, and I will stand up for Thousands her makes it seem really bad. It's probably only like, you know, a, 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 yeah, it does. Dozens. It's probably only like 80. Well, in the comic, she's as old as Steve Rogers is. They were born in the same year, and they both got the serum, obviously, at different times. So she probably has a lot more than it's made out yeah. to seem in the movies. Because she was in the same type of, like, covert assassin 
training, whatever that Bucky Barnes was in, well, just but, not to the same extent. So she probably had just as many where she was used as true. a weapon. Bucky Barnes even trained her. The difference being that, yeah, Bucky Barnes trained her. The difference being that she wasn't, she wasn't mindless during it. She was still her. She just had bought into what she was doing. And it had kind of been a little bit forced versus Bucky Barnes, who was straight up brainwashed, who was no longer. Yeah, himself. I think there was a, there's a, maybe not brainwashing, but there was definitely some, some deeper manipulation going on with her. I really, with the upcoming Black Widow movie, I really want to see them do the storyline with her husband, whose name I'm forgetting, because Alexi something, but that he's the reason she was in the Red Room. He's also kind of the reason she left eventually, right, and- like leaving him. And then they have this great comeuppance in the comics where she ends up killing him. I really want to see that storyline yeah. done very well in the Black Widow movie. And it's so hard to say it's so hard to say what is and isn't true about these characters because they've made it very clear that the MCU is a different right. universe. So even the things that are accurate in the comics aren't necessarily accurate in the movies. So like, you know, in the comics, she was raised in the Red Room. She was there as a child. She was orphaned and she was there. Versus in the movies, we don't really know when she started her training or how she got there. If it was a willing participant or if it was something where she was, you know, kind of forced or her parents made the decision for her. We don't know that. Yeah, she has that. So it'll be definitely be interesting with this Black Widow movie coming up to see how they do that. Because I've also been hearing a lot of rumors that it's about That'd be the story cool. of Budapest. It's going to be how Hawkeye first brings her in. And gets her to kind of like shift sides into S.H.I.E.L.D. and a good guy and no longer, you know, an assassin for hire, a vigilante or KGB That'd be or whatever too, because, uh, again, in the comics, they both worked together as like assassins for a while. And then it was kind of yeah. because of her that Hawkeye switched sides in the first place and then eventually brought her over. Uh, fun fact, they were trying to rob Iron Man <laughs> and it went poorly and uh, Hawkeye straight up switched sides yeah. to save his own life and to save her life. And then he brought her in. He brought her in in a mission where he was being sent to kill her. He was being <clears> sent to take her out because she was on the opposing team and she was becoming too big of a threat. And he brought her back and was like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm not. I told her, I, I told you I'd find yeah. her. I didn't tell you I'd get yeah, it'll rid be of real. her. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out in the so, movie. Where if it does, if they're even going to cover it or if it's going to be more of a, you yeah, know, I don't know. Cause it, it kind of seems like uh, Jeremy Renner is more or less done. He's going to be in the Hawkeye TV show, but it, mm-hmm. it, you know he's really shifting his career. He's releasing an album, which is pretty cool. Um, I think he's kind of done with mm-hmm. the character in a big way. So I, I could see them doing a, a Black Widow film without him. I could also see them really pulling Sebastian yeah. Stan to be a big part of that film as well. Either, yeah. Oh man, I want I want that. When they first announced they were doing a Black Widow movie, I told everyone <laughs> I was like, "Here's what I want." I want it to have two timelines, part of it being flashbacks and part of it being like uh, flashbacks, but still like later on, like what the like main timeline of the movie would be. And the flashbacks are her training with Bucky Barnes and kind of that whole backstory. And then the current timeline of the movie, which we know would be like a flashback of past timeline is how Hawkeye brought her into S.H.I.E.L.D. away from, 
you know, the Red Room, the KGB, whatever it was. I would love to see, like you said, in the past where she's training with uh, Winter Soldier and we get to kind of meet her husband and get to see how that fell apart. And then the quote unquote Mm -hmm. present timeline is Bucky helping her maybe in between the events of Winter Soldier and Civil War, like maybe where he's on the run uh, after saving Captain's uh, Cap's life and she's kind of... This is after she's released all the information about her, so she's sort of in hiding as well. Maybe she ends up finding him. Like they end up crossing paths, trying to hunt down uh, her her now I guess ex husband. Mm-hmm. Although she they never divorced, he faked his own death. But anyway, um, they kind of cross paths and end up helping each other out, and then she lets him go before the events of Civil War. I think that'd be that. I'm very excited for Me this too. Black Widow movie coming. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, but for now, we're talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's, yeah. Yeah. At this point in time that we're talking about, half of what we That's know true. now has a happened. That's true. So. Uh, so let's just briefly give an overview of the film. Of course, it's like, it's a five-year-old movie. Right. There aren't really going to be... Uh, at this point, if you need a spoiler warning, you shouldn't be listening to this episode because you won't yeah, understand brief, anything we're talking about. Brief overview. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, this is after Go the events the of the first Avengers. Cap is now in like a full agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's doing covert missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. and for the U.S. Army, working with Black Widow. And what's up? It's awesome. He's working with Black Widow. Yeah, go on. And his own like spec ops team that seemingly he has built. And yeah, that's kind of it. They the whole movie starts with them saving a bunch of American yeah. diplomats and ambassadors who have been kidnapped by pirates. Um, I'm gonna I'm correct sorry. you. I'm gonna correct you right there. The whole movie starts with us meeting. It Stan does Wilson. on your left. I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that. It starts with us meeting Sam Wilson, who, oh my gosh. Can we also Sam recognize Wilson. this is this is the last time Cap's life has Somehow, been like normal, just running through the Capitol. Yes, yes. So, what this movie? You gotta remember, start of Avengers when Cap woke up. Then the whole like first Avengers movie. This movie is only a short period of time after this. Cap's only been out of the I ice for I think official canon, it's like two months from when he wakes out of the ice to when Loki attacks. And it's almost two years from yeah. Loki's attack so, to when he meets Sam Wilson. Okay. So, you know, still not enough time to get used to 21st century. Like, this man just jumped straight from the Great Depression, Civil War, straight into... 2010 Facebook, Instagram, social media, yeah. Steve Jobs, hey, all of it. Out. I'll be right back. I guess there wasn't. Yeah. So this movie starts with with Steve Rogers, Captain America, is running through, I believe it's Washington, D.C., based off the buildings. And you see as the sun's coming up over the water, you see all these amazing monuments and buildings in the background. Steve Rogers is running, and you see this other man running, and Steve Rogers passes him and says, on your left. Passes him two more times, says on your left, whatnot, continues to run. You see, then, the man that he passes 
sitting by a tree, breathing heavy, not sure what's happening. Because this guy just ran like 18 laps on him in 20 minutes. Steve Rogers come up to him. They're talking. Come to find out this guy, Sam Wilson, was also in the Army. And a very interesting fact is that he was in serving with his best friend, Riley. Which, in my mind, kind of parallels how Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes were serving together with the Howling Commandos during World War Two. Um, therefore, therefore, that's just kind of an interesting little aside that this guy, Sam Wilson, is talking to Captain America, Steve Rogers, this huge hero of all of history from this big war that everyone knows about, this symbol of American patriotism comes up and is just passing him as they're running on the morning on the sidewalk. And then it's a very similar story. They both were serving with their best friends and the best friend seemingly died. So our first introduction to Sam Wilson, he starts telling us, he introduces his life to Captain America and tells him, that he and his best friend got shot down. Yeah. And the best really, friend died, which is I never realized so how much similar. like <laughs> so much like what happened. Right. Like those storylines parallel so well. Sam and Riley were serving together. Riley is dead, got shot down, didn't survive, and Sam made it out and has to deal with the, the guilt. Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes were serving together. Bucky fell off the train didn't make it out, is seemingly dead. Steve made it out and then survived another 70 years on top of it and is now woken up 70 years later, only two years older, and has to figure out how to deal with not only the fact that his best friend died in a war, but everyone he's ever known. It's not even an option of people to see and commiserate and get over it. Right, because he doesn't even know Peggy's alive at this point. Oh, no, he, d- he does know at right. this point. And, like, at this point he knows, but it's still, I don't know. It's a very interesting fact for me. So we first meet Sam Wilson, and then they're talking, and Sam Wilson kind of explains, like, oh, I was serving here and here and here, and then now I work at the VA down the invites, street, whatever. Uh, he invites Cap to come to the VA sometime, which is... Yeah, and he tells him like, "If you never need anything, I like that Sam. Guy. Sam doesn't really want anything from Cap. Like, he wants to just be there for Cap. It, he's just doing his job of being a, a counselor for veterans. Right. He's just doing what you do when you meet new people. He's finding a common ground and he's offering, you know, a continued conversation off of it. It's not like he's sitting there like, oh, hey, Captain America, come be my best friend.' He's just like, yeah." It's your bed, right? It feels too soft, like you're going to sink to the floor. He does have that back, little line of, uh, uh, what did he say, like, come to the VA, it'll, it'll help me look cool for the chicks or something. <laughs> but yeah, even that's, like, that's, a, that's a joke to reception. make Cap feel good about coming. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I love it, and then Natasha, Black Widow, pulls up and has a little line about, either of you know where the Smithsonian <laughs> is, I'm here to pick up a fossil. And that line just cracks me up because Steve's like, ah, funny, hilarious. Everyone's a comedian. Cracks me up. Love it. 
which I think is a good, if I can just jump onto the next point, is a good glimpse into what Steve and Natasha's relationship film, is in this movie. It, it, I think it's Natasha's best film in the whole MCU so far. I We get to see... Really? Yeah, up until like... Oh, above, so far, up until the, this up point? Up to Black Widow film. Oh, you mean like so far, like modern day, not so far as in like to Silver or to... Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, even including Winter Endgame, Soldier. I think this film is her best. I think we get to see the most out of Black Widow in this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I also think that this is the movie that kind of determines... Um, it kind of is the movie that sets like Natasha can be friends with these other Avengers. You know, like really, I mean, we know she has a relationship with Hawkeye, but other than that, like the rest of them are just kind of like people she does missions with. She shows up when the world's like getting burnt and they have to put the fire out and that's about it. And then this movie, she actually develops like a real friendship and uh, rapport with Steve Rogers. That yeah, wasn't there like before. That. No There's a line they later where um, they kiss in the mall to kind of hide from Hydra agents. And then later she asks, I have a question for you. Was that your first kiss since 1945? <laughs> and they're just joked. And he, he has a line of that bad <laughs> hot. She said, I didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie is very. Um, so those two actors. Well, they've been, they've been friends Johansson forever. And Chris Evans. Before the MCU. Well, they've been friends forever, but before the MCU, before either of them got these superhero roles, they had already done like four or five movies together. So they were on like a really good level with each other. Like they were friends, but they were also coworkers. They'd known each other since they were teenagers and blah, blah. And I think this movie shows that. Like it shows more of like people who are comfortable around each other in those characters. Than we were ever yeah. allowed to see before. She, I think even she was a big reason why uh, Chris Evans took the role in the first place. She kind of called him and said, hey, dude, I'm in this. Yeah. I don't know, I know really about I know, that, uh, but it wouldn't surprise Robert me. Robert Downey Jr. personally called Chris Evans to ask him to do it. And I think she encouraged him because he, he, uh, mm-hmm. he turned it down like twice, I think. Yeah, because he had already (laughs) done a superhero movie and he was like, I don't love, like now looking back in the 2020, you know, hindsight's 2020, I am not happy that I was a part of Fantastic Four. I don't want to do that again. I mean, Captain America's is like fourth comic book role. Yeah. Yeah. It's his fourth hero (laughs) role. Imagine being typecasted yeah, so much animated. that you play It's not just his body. It, he times. animated. He was on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as Casey Jones. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Cap and Natasha but go off on this interesting. mission to save these diplomats. <clears throat> and the whole time, like you mm-hmm. said, they're joking around. Natasha's joking with him about people he could date. Yeah. Which <laughs> I love that line. Uh, uh, Kelly from Statistics yeah. would say yes if you ask her out and. Cap says, well, that's why I won't ask her out. <laughs> He's like, that's that why I so want to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I also like when they're on the boat and they're trying to rec- rescue these uh, these operatives, um, 
you know, they kind of get everything secured and they get the bad guys taken away and we're taken care of. They're not taken away yet, but Steve kind of like burst through a window in the middle of a fight one-on-one -on -one with this bad guy and Natasha's there at a computer pulling information and Steve's like, what the heck are you doing? You're supposed to be getting the hostages. And she goes, well, no, that's your mission. And it's kind of a glimpse you see into like how shady shield is like even though they're supposed to be the good guys it's the whole like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing like as much as they're supposed to be the good guys they're still a secret yeah, I mean, they're intelligence agency and so even like the leader of this mission didn't yeah, know all that was on going on on the mission it's it's it does, even from the very beginning here, it really makes yeah. you question S.H.I.E.L.D. I kind of like also, they set up they set up Natasha early on. Yeah. When I first watched this film in theaters, I, from that, from early on and from the hospital scene where she has taken the hard drive, I honestly thought, are they going to make Black Widow yeah. the villain of this movie? That would be cool. Yes. Yes. You don't they very much set the audience up the same way that yeah. Captain America is set up. You don't know who you can trust. You're watching the whole movie and you don't know really who the good guys well, are until the final scene. <laughs> we know we can trust Sam. Which like, you know, except for Sam. <laughs> except for Sam. Sam was never in question. <laughs> but you know, like we have the we have the scene on the boat where Captain America's like, this is not what we're doing. And she's like, uh, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you know, they get back and they're kind of like, there's some beef about that. Like, Steve Rogers is upset. Like, at one point, while they're still on the boat, he has to use his shield to help kind of, like, shield Natasha from something, like, protect her from something. And she makes a joke about, like, okay, that one's on me. And he goes, yeah, you're right, it is. And got up and walked away. Like, is actual upset. Where in her mind, like, this is how she operates. This is just how her life has always been. Like, you know, that's one thing like I really he, love about She owes characters. him anything. Like you said, that's how she operates. And really, that's his big problem is that's not how he operates. You know, he's used to his team. He can trust every member of his team. Right. He knows what they're doing at all times. Like, in the first Captain America, right. there's, a, you know, the series where you see he and his team taking down Hydra uh, cells. And there's, a, there's one of my favorite scenes where he is walking through the woods – and someone's about to like shoot him and then Bucky snipes them. He turns and just knows exactly where Bucky is because he knows where his team members are. And that's something. Right. And taking that even further back, like the person that's his right hand man, Bucky Barnes. Yeah. And it's something he's had that, that he's... relationship with even before they were in the army. His whole life, he's had that person he can trust, that he's in sync with, that they operate together, that, like, push comes to shove, they're on the same page. And then he woke up out of the ice, and he can't find that in anybody. Yeah, it's, it's and he thought it was going to be Natasha. Something that and he doesn't hit him right, wrong. both with Natasha and with S.H.I.E.L.D. as a whole. Because he doesn't trust Fury mm -hmm. at all, like, from the very beginning. they. <laughs> right. I do like he the little line Fury of, oh, the the play music in these things. I like that line. Yeah. And I like Fury's little story about his granddad used to be an elevator operator and he would take the tips home and a lunch bag. He would say uh, granddad uh, trusted people. Granddad would sure like people, but he didn't, but he didn't trust, trust them, them that far. Yeah. Right. 
And it's just interesting because, like, from the way Fury talks, you assume that, like, his granddad is probably actually yeah. Steve's age. Uh, you know? Like, that far back that there were elevator operators and walking home with your tips in a lunch bag. Like, yeah, fun fact for you. That, his granddad that is story probably about, Steve's age. Uh, Nick Fury's granddad is a real but story Steve, about Samuel L. Jackson's father. Yeah. So they get back from the mission. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. What are you gonna say? I think so they get back from the mission. Yeah. Uh, no, you're good. And Steve has his the new neighbor who's a, a supposedly a nurse, and they have a kind of cute, flirty thing. Nothing too serious. Yeah. Yeah, and she she very politely turns him down. And he very politely shit. understands and lets it go. He is super respectful, and I love that scene. I've seen that called mm-hmm. out on Tumblr so many times. Like, that's how you handle it, guys. Do it just like that. Um, and they get, he gets home, and Nick Fury is waiting in his in his apartment because something's about to go wrong, and then Nick Fury gets shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get and Steve shot, chases like, after the, the shooter, and it's, some, it's a masked guy who manages like. to catch his shield and then just runs off. And that's a big moment. I remember when this movie was first being like advertised, you know, back in 2013. That was a huge moment that was in all the trailers. And like when the first trailer dropped where you saw that scene of him catching the shield, everyone lost their minds. Like, oh my gosh, who is this? It's another superhero level. It's the Winter Soldier. Oh my gosh, you know what Steve's thinking. Which like modern day, 2019... Seems ridiculous. Like, yeah, oh, we freaked out over him catching a shield, and look at what we just dealt with. But you know, like when this movie first came out, like that was a huge early thing. Like he of Steve picking up the, the hammer. Shield. It's like, oh, no one's supposed to have that. It's a, it's a three foot metal disc. Yeah. It's not like it's magic. It's not that shocking that he caught it. Yeah, but it's like a big thing. Well, it is. That's true. We get to see the metal arm first. It with the metal hand. You see the shield and a How metal, cool is that arm metal arm by the way? and a guy's masked face. And then he runs. I, there are so many people who are so in love with the metal arm. Like, I think that it is a very awesome, just little detail. It's a very awesome detail of this character that like, not only did he get like captured and tortured and brainwashed into being used basically as a weapon. They then, like, to reinforce that, literally attached a body part you can't live with, like, you can live without, but an appendage that, like, is normal for a person well, to yeah, have. Like, it's your body. You have an arm. Yeah, a, a person can live without the arm. Turned it into a weapon, like an he's add-on, a, at, post-market. At heart, Bucky's always been a soldier. I mean, the first time we see him, he's dressed up in his army army uh, khakis, and he's telling Steve what is, what, that he's a soldier at heart? I disagree with that. Well, maybe not at heart, dis- but that, everything at we, heart, he's there's not been, been a, a scene in this whole series up to this point where we haven't seen him as a soldier, and that's not something you can do without his arm. Right. Well, and yeah, even form to that, special, it's always yeah. been a sniper, which is like, right, his whole military career was special ops and sniper like 
you know, he used that arm. And then when he fell from the train and Hydra think, got him. I don't remember that first movie too well. Did he the lose arm. the arm when he fell? Or is it like he lost it due to frostbite by landing in the snow? You know, I don't remember either. I'm pretty sure he lost it when he fell. But I don't want to definitively say yeah, that. Fair. because You know I what I also, something else. It's his left arm. And the left arm is always the one that Steve wields the, the shield with. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a cool little moment. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool little mirror image. and It's, it's a, kind it's of a little mirror image there, isn't it? I th- so I've been talking a lot about Bucky and the ending of Endgame, particularly with our younger brother. Our, our little brother does not like that oh my gosh, yes. Steve gave the shield yes. to Sam instead of Bucky. Our- Yes. Okay. So I have multiple opinions about this, and it I understand this America is not a Captain America podcast, and this is not a Captain America who should have gotten the shield episode. Okay. But, but here's Go my ahead. thing. Here's my thing with the whole shield thing. Hunter is correct in that maybe Bucky deserved it more. He's fought longer. He has more history. He knows more about Steve's like heart and intention behind Captain America. But here's my argument. The whole last several movies, since Bucky's been kind of out of Hydra's control and out of brainwashing, all he wants is to just sit and rest. And he keeps just not being given that option. <laughs> he, you know, he he's just trying to buy some plums, and all of a sudden, 117 countries are after him for some bombing he didn't do. And then he finally gets himself clear to the bombing, and someone finds his like trigger words, and he turns back into the Winter Soldier. Then he's in Wakanda, back in ice again, and then having to do that physical That's therapy a and hard labor to fix his body. He he just wants to rest for a minute. He just wants to breathe. And so, like, while, yes, I agree with Hunter, maybe Bucky deserved it more. Bucky didn't want it. Bucky wanted to rest. Sam, the first movie we see him in, he has a line where he says, don't look at me. I do what he does just slower. And in that, when he says he, he's referencing Captain America. He just wants to be a hero. Like, he went into the army willingly. He followed Captain America around willingly. He gave up his civilian life after being in a war for two tours to then jump back into the fray of it and fight for what's right. He wants to be a hero. He wants to be a fighter. He wants to stand up for what's right. But he just wants to like sit on a couch and watch Netflix for half of a day. Like he yeah, just wants to eat something yummy and you know, I read like what a you said that Sam minute. wants to be a hero, but I think uh, more than that, it's not just that he wants to be a hero, although he definitely does. He is a hero. That that is what Sam Wilson is. And I think one of the big reasons why Bucky doesn't get mm-hmm. the shield Sam is a hero. Bucky at this point he doesn't really know what or who he is. Like like Cap got his moment to readjust to, you know, the new world, waking up right. 70 plus years after he went in the ice. Bucky's never had that. I mean, it's he had like what a year or two after Winter Soldier before he was found in Civil War also, and then put back in the ice in Wakanda. And 
he was woken up what six months before right. Thanos attacked, and then he's been dead since that. I also think that if you if you look at their characters, Bucky has always been not background, but support. Yeah. He's not going to stand up and start the fight, but he's going to step in and finish it. And that's not what Captain America is. Captain America isn't the silent but deadly, I'll step in when I need to. He's the one that starts it and says, this is wrong and here's what's right. And while... I know in the comics, Bucky Barn was Captain America for a while. He did it well. He did it. I think that the MCU Bucky Barnes could not be not Captain yet. America while still being what the MCU has created think, that character to be. I, I, I cannot wait for the Falcon Winter Soldier TV show because I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of growth with Bucky and with Sam as well. And I, I am not going to be surprised at all if the shield is something they share both metaphorically and literally. I, I even think I think we're going to see sure, at least a couple of, of times of them straight up saying, I don't deserve it. You take it <laughs> like just keep every season. They keep switching back and forth. Who has it? <laughs> that might be a little extreme, but it would be really I funny. I would be surprised. That might be a little extreme. I don't think that fits into what Bucky Barnes character is in the MCU in the comics. Of course. Yes, that would fit. But what, you know, the Roost Brothers and Josh Whedon and everything have built Bucky Barnes to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's not going to ever want to even touch it. He just wants to. What's interesting is that where Bucky Barnes is at in 2019 is where we're supposed to assume Natasha Romanoff was at a couple years before the first sighting of her. He has done horrible things at the bidding of horrible yeah, people I mean, even- and he just wants to fix it. And then rest. That whole line in the first Avengers movie of, I got red in my ledger, yeah, I'm trying I, to I, wipe I, it clean. That's where Bucky Barnes is at now. He just wants to do, he just wants to do as much good things as he can without getting undue yeah, like, man, praise and glory and attention for it. wait. And that's why I, I think that Bucky Barnes should not be what he because I also don't yeah. think he's going to be called the Winter Soldier for too much longer. I think he's going to want to move past that name, and I could definitely see him taking the name of Captain. Maybe not Captain America, but just Captain. Well, didn't they? Yeah, so they, they did reference that in Black Panther it, the in the scene, that, the end credit scene he's in, but that. No, it wasn't that, Bucky. Like, in the, the White comics, Wolf was is a, a real um, character that is Bucky uh, T'Challa's half brother. Oh, or stepbrother. I don't remember what. Well, anyway, but it it is a yes. character that Bucky could kind of be. Although the White Wolf was more of a villainous character, I think that's more of a joke than anything. Um, <laughs> that's fair. I, that's fair. I mean, so was the Venom, fair. but Man, Venom, but, but look at. I'm so. I, How much I, we all I, love him. I honestly feel more anxiety than I should about what's happening with the Spider-Man thing right now. No, it's not. Yeah. So, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're getting until, back into Captain kinda, America: Winter Soldier. I want to talk a lot about the final battle. So let's kind of speed through what happens here, where uh, Cap and Natasha they get a flash drive from 
Nick Fury with some info. It's the flash drive that Natasha stole off the boat, isn't it? Well, okay. So before we speed through it, I want to take a moment. <coughs> Excuse me. And kind of talk about the different moments we see in Steve and Natasha's friendship in this movie. So in the very beginning, they they work together, they get along, they're amicable. They even have a little bit of like, you know, picking on each other, joking, ha ha ha. They're not friends. They don't trust each other. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, would you concur? And, like, they work together because they have to. They don't trust each other. And they even, like, say that straight up. She asks him, "If be honest with me, if you needed me to trust your... If you needed to trust me to save your life, would you? And he yeah. says, well, I would now. Meaning he wouldn't have before that. And even, like, after Fury gets shot and, you know, Natasha and Sam and Steve eventually end up in a hospital where he is after you're supposed to assume that he's dead... Steve's like, why didn't you tell anyone? And Nick Fury looks directly at Natasha and was like, I didn't know who I could trust. Like, no one trusts her. She's played double agent before. She's done it once. She'll do it again. No one trusts her. But what's interesting is that you see a lot of different levels. Like when, when Steve is standing in front of the vending machine where he hid the flash drive, Natasha shows up behind him and she's, he sees her in the reflection he immediately goes to attack. Like he pulls her into a room, kind of pins her up against the wall and is like, what the heck is going on? And she's like, I don't know. I thought you knew. And he's like, don't lie to me. Well, then next thing you know, like they're fighting against the winter soldier on a bridge together. They show up at Sam Wilson's house. It's like, like, we need somewhere to lay low. I love when he's pulling them into his house and he's looking around for snipers. Yeah, yeah. I. It reminded okay. me of a scene in another movie, and I honestly don't remember what movie it is. But there's there's a movie where a group of people show up on a doorstep, and it's a couple guys and a girl, and whoever the guy is who knows the person is like, "We need help," and the person at the door is like, "Is she pregnant?" And it he's is like, national. Yeah, he's yeah. He's showing up to his dad's house. Uh, national treasure. It's National Treasure. Nick Cage shows up and, and the dad's like, is she pregnant? And Nick's like, you're going to leave your grandchild out here in the cold? Nick Cage and the dad go inside and the girl looks at uh, Riley and goes, do I look pregnant? And that's what it reminded me of. Captain America's like, we need somewhere to lay low. And Natasha goes, everyone we know is trying to kill us. And Sam kind of like, looks at them for a minute. This is and I was not, ready for him to say, she pregnant? Like, he's met Natasha before this? <laughs> But very briefly from a car as she's driving away. She hasn't really... She, he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't, like, really met her. Okay, He's so kind of, like, seen her from let's through this because I really want to talk about the ending. So they they get attacked. Uh, they go to Sam's house. Uh, yeah. Sam gets the Falcon suit, steals it from somewhere. I don't know where exactly. Because I, I don't assume he has it. He's officially, re- like, retired. No, I actually, so I didn't watch the whole movie today, but I went through and watched a bunch of clips of like important scenes on YouTube. And what they, when they're talking about the Falcons do, uh, 
Steve asks Sam, like, where is it? How do we get it? And Sam's like, it's in this secure army building under 10 feet of uh, steel and bulletproof glass. And Steve <laughs> yeah, kind of looks at Natasha. Natasha kind of shrugs and is like, okay. Steve goes, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. And it's just my favorite because he's like, 10, 12 feet of steel and bulletproof glass. They and also Natasha's steal, like, straight shrugs. up steal his super suit. Yeah, what from else the is new? That's a Friday. Later. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's our little uh, Stanley cameo. Speaking of cameo, Stanley my daughter is has walked the in here and would like to say who, hi. Oh, Can you say hi, Tessa? I'm so getting fired. I hear well, her. She doesn't know what to do with the microphone. Hi, Tess. So they get attacked by Winter Soldier. Steve finds out it's Bucky. Man, they I miss her get so much. captured by Hydra? Because also Hydra's turned on them and they have a great fight scene in the elevator. Yeah, they find out. I can't believe we didn't that mention this. Scene in the elevator they find is one out of the that Shield has been infiltrated by Hydra. Yeah, and by f- that's maybe one of my favorite lines in the MCU is when Steve kind of looks around and Man, goes, yeah, I, "I love that line so much because it's just like want to get out now." He doesn't. He and Bucky have a lot of parallels in this. Steve doesn't really want mm-hmm. to do this either. Like Bucky. In, there's a line in Infinity War when Black Panthers come to talk to Bucky. It's like, Bucky says, where's the fight? There's always a fight, you know? And uh, I like that moment here. It's almost like Steve has the same thing. It's like, there's always a fight. And before we do this, anyone want to get off? Right. It's the same. He like almost does like a deep breath, roll your eyes. Of course, here we go again. You know, like... It's, he's not itching to fight, but he isn't going to yeah. sit back when he knows that something okay, wrong so is they, happening they and he can help fix it. Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, he's not actually dead. Are you going to record with Daddy now? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick Fury's not actually dead. Uh, Maria Hill's just been hiding him while he recovers. Yeah. And they are going to go Man, attack baby. Hydra before Hydra can use the new... <laughs> Before Hydra can use the new shield yeah. ships to destroy the world, essentially, because yeah, they have yeah, this yeah, algorithm yeah. that is picking out potential threats, uh, including Doctor Strange, which I think is interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tesla loves this movie, too. <laughs> they have a big fight scene uh, where Bucky fights well, S- yeah, uh, Cap, but Bucky's kind of remembering what's going on. And he kind of Yeah. And then they have a scene where Bucky's back with Hydra and they're trying to like wipe his memory and he's like that man on the bridge. I knew him. In Civil War we find out he's the one who killed Iron Man's parents and of course he knew Iron Man's father from back in World War II. How many times do you think he almost broke out of it? Like he almost remembered. Right. Right. Well and even like I think it's interesting. I don't think we've mentioned that. Last Natasha explains to Steve that she has interacted with the Winter Soldier before. Like she was shot by him. And then uh, I think it's a different movie. It's not in this one, but the next yeah, time the Winter War Soldier is triggered, triggers him. Natasha goes, Come on, man, you could at least remember me. He's not in Age of Ultron. Was it yeah, Civil War? I thought it was Age of, of uh, Ultron. 
Yeah. Uh, Anthony Mackie oh, right, was called Avengers right. 2.0. Civil War, the non-Avenger Avengers. So, I, I hate to cut it short, but I do need to cut it short because it's uh, bedtime for my yeah. daughter. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts, Shauna? You got to get that baby to bed. Uh, yes. My biggest closing thought is that I think this movie, this movie is a turning point in the MCU. It's when we see Natasha start actually being friends with her coworkers, which comes to, you know, turned into Natasha in the most recent in Endgame. They're like, did she have any family? And Steve says, yeah, us. Like, this is when that started. I also think this this is such a turning point for the whole Steve, Bucky, both of them independently, but also as a dynamic, because Bucky finally gets a minute to kind of break free and be himself and be away from, you know, these people who have kept him as a weapon and as a prisoner. And Steve also gets a wake-up call where he's kind of like, I thought... You know, I thought I was serving Uncle Sam. I thought I was serving my country, and then it turns out that she yeah, he's got that great line earlier when he's talking Nazis to uh, Nick Fury's. Uh, uh, woke up and they ago. told me we won. They didn't tell me what we lost along the way. Yeah, this is this really is a big turning point. This is uh, in the events of Endgame right. with what happens with Cap and, and like Black Widow and Falcon. It all leads back from this. Like what the decisions that Cap and Black Widow make are based off the actions yes. of this I movie. Think if this movie this... never happened, I don't think Cap and Black Widow would have done what they did in, in Endgame. Yeah, from this movie, you can draw direct little... lines to each movie following it. You can draw direct parallels. Yeah, it's a lot Even like... Even so far as down to like the necklace uh, Natasha's yeah, no, wearing We didn't mention our Endgame... Uh, episode but i do want to say here now iron man's choice to sacrifice himself in endgame i don't think he could or would have made that choice if not for the events of iron man 3 like i think if if iron man 3 never happened it was just iron man 1 and 2 i don't think he would have made the sacrifice that he did in endgame and same thing yeah it's the same thing here oh yeah they say that in the first avengers movie Steve calls it out. He says, you're not the one to lay down the wire and let someone else crawl over you. And Iron Man says, I think I'd rather just cut the wire. Jump to the very last Avengers yeah. movie. All right. Well, Iron Man that is was a fun episode, sacrificing Thank his own life. Yeah. For closing, uh, Shauna, have you, have you actually listened to our show yeah, before? Do absolutely. you know our, our rating Thanks system? Thanks for having me. <laughs> We have, we you, have some guests uh, on who haven't no, watched the show. Because you know the, the answer to this, Brayden Green. You know this. Uh, so this. So the thing is, I first I tried to start listening to it when you first started it, but it was weird because I was seeing and talking to both you and Luke multiple times a week, and then going home and like listening to you guys talk about movies. And most of the time, I disagree with you. When it comes to these type of movies. So I'm just sitting there. I first tried to listen to it. I got 10 minutes in before I'm yelling at my phone. Uh, don't how dumb you two are. And then the next day I had to, to see to both it. of you. And I was like, I can't do this and keep my cool. So I didn't listen to it. And then today. 
I know. And our little brother Hunter, yeah, when he when finally he, listened he to it for like episode, the following two weeks, he was like, "You he could listen to Netflix," and I'm like, "Shut up about Netflix." Like, I've listened to all of your episodes. I have so many things to argue with you about. Yeah, yeah. That was when I was staying at mom's house and he was staying at mom's house also. And the whole week, every time I would say anything, he'd be like, why don't you listen to uh, Netflix with all your free time? And, and I'd be like, why don't Avatar, you stop telling me this? But which episode was on, by the way? Yeah. Okay, well, Sh- well, Shauna. Okay, so those are my next two to do then. But so that said, that said, today I finally sat down and I was like, if I'm going to be on an episode of their podcast, I have to listen to an episode of their podcast. I listened to Endgame. I made a list of all the points where I disagree with you and Luke. At some point, right. I'd love to go over well, this Shana, list with you two uh, both have on a, a conference call and tell you pending, what morons you are. Pending, but that's a different time. Pending, don't, don't, don't use okay. it or our lawyers will sue you. Yeah, don't steal our ideas. <laughs> it's a five-step rating system based on how much time, money, and don't effort steal our ideas. Uh, you would put in to go see the film. The top level is go see in theaters. And then there's okay. buy it, rent it, borrow it, and skip it. Skip it. It's not even worth your time. Shauna, what would you give this film? <laughs> okay. I agree yeah. with you. I saw this movie in theaters multiple times when it first came out. Really? I'm sticking to it. It's going to be one of my all-time yeah, top five movies. I, yeah, we can go over this list at a different point. It, it is a very good movie. That's funny. I, it's, yes. Winter Soldier is one of my all-time top five movies. It's not even movies. in my top five of the MCU. It might not be number seven, musicals. though. Musicals are on a different list. <laughs> All right. Well, this is... Uh, this is well, uh, like I said... I, I also give it, no. yeah, <laughs> I also Top give it a go see time. it in theaters. Yeah, which it probably... Netflix? <laughs> it should be in theaters again, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's Take your children. Take your dog. Go see it multiple times. It should do like a... I think that probably oh, that next summer awesome. there's going to be like drive-ins okay, that well, are Shana, doing it. Thank MCU you very much for being on an episode. Like Normally it's where we choose... Normally, it's where we choose yeah. the next movie, but uh, we're not really doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I would say yes, but I, I actually I, don't know what we're going to do next. Can I drop the next um, movie since I know what the, it is? Well, the official next pick is still Get Out, but we might also do oh, another bonus one. Oh, it's not the one, one that you're doing we recording do this out. week. So, uh, still up in the air. We also. Okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So maybe uh, you'll be, maybe you'll be getting a couple extra episodes yeah. in here soon. Our, our lives have calmed down a lot, so Luke and I might be also, picking up the pace a bit on these episodes. Also, maybe I'll be in here again soon, listeners. My wife we'll just see. gave me a really dirty look when I said our lives have calmed down. <laughs> I meant more that. <laughs> yeah, which is good. <laughs> uh, your wife, you listen to this your wife has calmed phone down and therefore can watch her child more often for you is what you meant <laughs> all right oh thank you very much for this episode shauna thanks everyone <laughs> to listening and uh if you miss Luke, don't worry he'll be back next time <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> shauna killed luke sorry guys it's just me and shauna from now on and she'll kill me eventually once she gets a plane no, ticket to i Indiana. killed him sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> don't don't disrupt all my plans. All right, bye.